Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, we're going to be talking with Rob Raspberry, Ernie Bailey, and Scott Tyner. We're going to be covering college, college networking hacks, AV security, and 100 rooms in 20 days in Texas. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 72, The College Hack. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. This is EdTech, the monthly higher ed tech podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell, and as always, I'm joined by the illustrious Scott Tyner. How are you, sir? Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Indeed. Uh, Mr. Rob Raspberry, how are you, sir? Greetings. Greetings. How's everybody doing? Indeed. And last but not least, Mr. Mr. Ernie Bailey. And uh, Ernie actually is coming to us uh, mobile. He's uh, currently in transit um, from, he's going to be, he's currently in Fairfax, heading back uh, home to Little Rock. Actually, I'm in Atlanta right now. I'm, oh, between, Atlanta. I'm, okay. I'm at my midpoint. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. He's probably, uh, he's probably ritzing it up in the Delta Lounge as we speak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... First, uh, the first article we're going to cover today is uh, comes to us from Commercial Integrator, and it is uh, covering uh, the NSCA's uh, business leader business leader business and leadership conference, uh, which, if you ever get the chance, it is a fun it is a fun uh, conference to attend. Uh, it's a good back and forth between uh, standards uh, integrators and um, uh, mostly just business, mostly just business manufacturers and integrators, but it is a good way to kind of get some back and forth on it. So the, um, <clears throat> the actual uh, meat of the article covers over the fact that the NSCA, which is uh, National Systems Contractors Association, try to say that three times fast, um, is actually been going over all the various amounts of legislation that is happening across the U.S., now, some of the big, some of the bigger legislation um, in the article I covered were things like in Utah, how uh, they're re they're realigning uh, what's considered uh, electrical, what's considered uh, actual high voltage, or what's considered uh, low voltage, and things like that. You know, pretty much anything under for them, it's uh, anything under fifty volts. So, you know, yay on the fact that hypothetically phantom power could could uh, end up being yay or nay. It's, you know, it goes from 24 to 48 to even 52. But um, the other one was, uh, well, in, in certain cases, like, uh, you know, in Ernie's case, I believe, aren't you guys a right-to-work state or no? Yes, we are. Okay. So one of the things is that the, that they were talking about the legislation that they're working on, um, or at least, you know, trying to fight or work through. Uh, one of them, once again, going back to Utah for a minute, uh, it required that there has to be X number of electrical journeymen for every unskilled laborer. Now, I know from my own doings, and I'm sure with Rob and Scott, um, when you end up having to do union jobs and anything, which might add, they're not bad, it's just a matter of how you do the planning, um, usually there's a one-to-one -one ratio. So if there's one uh, apprentice, there's one journeyman. Now, this once again varies from state to state and everything. And uh, in Ernie's case, I'm sure he just goes and, you know, if he needs to get a licensed electrician, uh, you know, in most cases for us, 
it's usually the facilities or capital plans folks that can just right. as easily go and say, oh, yeah, we'll do it and we'll work this out through whatever overtime or, you know, chargeback or things like that. Um, but it is something interesting to keep in mind, being that, you know, when we have larger scale projects, this is going to affect us. And more to the point, this is going to affect how you plan everything out. So, you know, Scott, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll ask you on this one and I'll go back to Ernie in that when it comes to certain very large scale uh, installations, there are times where it's just, yeah, the electricians are going to be the ones pulling all the uh, cabling and everything. Granted, it's, you know, these days it's kind of streamlined down to, you know, uh, um, maybe some minor low voltage cabling and, you know, it tends to be a lot of shielded cat six, but I'm going to ask for, for you guys' opinion on this one. When it comes to actually kind of wrangling electricians, is it, is, is it one of those things where you have to be more lawyer-like or is it one of those things where it's, you know what, this is the goal we want to get accomplished. You know, let's try to work with everyone. Yeah, at, at Bates we're fairly lucky that we have we have a pretty close. I mean, we're a small small shop, right? We have a fairly close relationship with our um, electrical group here. Uh, we have a fairly a really good relationship with our facilities planning group. And as we're planning new buildings, like you said, a really large scale stuff, we're going to just outsource all of that right right into that project. Um, I think it, it, as I read this article, I, I think it's really interesting because you you think as a contractor or an installer this is going to really affect you but of course it's going to affect any of us it's it's about money it's about having more people uh on on site so i think that it's really good for tech managers to have some place to learn about this kind of stuff as well um so whether it's an organization uh in in infocom or if it's you know podcasts like this to get to know this stuff and be prepared for it when we hear from the integrators is critical yeah, the um, the other end of it is just uh, it is it is one of those things where you have to look at like uh, you do have to keep up to date with certain things. Granted, I'm never going to be a licensed electrician, um, but it is helpful to know certain things like electric, like you know, basic electrical code. So, for example, um, in New Jersey, uh, there was some changes to the electrical code in the fact that. Um, Outlets couldn't be above the ceiling anymore. They actually all had to be down below the ceiling. So all the mounts and everything else down below the ceiling. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it used to be, oh, yeah, just throw it up in the ceiling and, and you know, pray that no one ever pops open the ceiling tile. Because, you know, I, I, I will admit every now and then uh, with new construction jobs, there have been times where I've popped open a ceiling tile and uh, a pair of lineman's pliers just, you know, came tumbling right out. But um, once again, those are stories of yore. Um, you absolutely, yeah. We, you always find the best tools in ceiling. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you find you find the craziest stuff in the ceiling when you pop it open. <laughs> yes, uh, either that or else my personal favorite. Uh, you can tell when they were trying to get everything done uh, before this stuff laid before this stuff got laid in, and that was two things: either the uh, snap-in metal tile uh, uh, ceiling grids, because you know you have to almost get like a spackle knife with a special notch to pull the thing down but the other one was the blown fiberglass ceiling tiles because just no matter how much soap or 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 gloves you had on just you know after a little while you would end up sounding like uh patty and selma from the simpsons you'd be like ah oh, hi guys how is it it's like <laughs> you open the ceiling how'd you know um but yeah so ernie I'm, I'm gonna actually come back to you on this one um 
when it comes to like some of the large, like, you know, it's a contracted uh, install and everything. Obviously you guys are going to have to kind of work with the electricians or at least work with the contract, you know, the electrical house that's doing it. Um, as I say, would this be, as I say, is it, is it one of those things where you guys just try to develop a better relationship with the, um, the contract, the, you know, the electrical house, or is it just one of those you go and say, well, we've already documented everything out. This should be paint by numbers. Have a good day. Uh, we have a good relationship. All of our electrical work, even for, uh, for bringing outside contractors is done by the in-house electrical team oh. uh, on campus. Uh, and I've got a good relationship. We just walk over and say, Chris or David, we need 20 amps here. Mm -hmm. I need 20 amps between these three spots mm -hmm. and I need it, you know, either at switch height or a regular outlet height or up at, at the ceiling. And it's mm -hmm. one of those deals. Code can vary depending on the type of ceiling, whether I have power above ceiling or not. So I just tell them I need power for a projector right here. Mm -hmm. I want my cables hidden as well as possible. Mm -hmm. And they take care of us. Okay. But like I said, that's, if we're doing a whole new building construction, you know, there, yeah, there may be an outside electrical company in, but once again, if there's going to be at least one classroom in it, I'm on the building committee and I'm meeting with the contractors every week. So yeah. I'll, I'll just make sure we've got what we need. All right. Um, I will say from my own experience right now, uh, we're currently doing a new dorm. Now there's one classroom in there. So it's the only reason, you know, my, my, myself is getting dragged into this thing. Uh, but the fun bit has been, uh, just putting in some back boxes. And the fun part about it is this, is that normally, you know, there's, there's established, uh, heights and everything else. And we've been going back and forth and the contractor went and did a mock-up. And I went and said, hey, what, at what height did you guys put the uh, back box? Oh, we put it at four foot. Okay, let me go walk over, check, and everything else. It was at three and a half foot. I'm like, that's it's not even close. And I said, you know what? You actually need to put the back box at five foot. Oh, that's a change order. I went, no, you did a mock-up. <laughs> this, is, this is literally like, what do you think? Is this the correct thing? They haven't even – because the other – end of this part was the fact that they sealed up the walls where the back box was supposed to go. Strangely enough, they, they remembered to put the back, the plywood backing in and then put the drywall over it and they've already painted over. So, you know, this is one of those ones where you just look and I go, okay, I'm, I'm going to work with you guys. I really want to just get this one and done, but this is a, this is a literally, this is a back box for a display. Like this is, this is not brain science. This is not brain surgery. It is brain science and the fact that I'm amazed my brain, my, my brain cells haven't snapped in two from it, but still. Um, Mr. Raspberry, how about you? You guys, uh, as I say, when, when you guys are dealing with a, a, an upgrade or anything like that, is it more you're dealing with the stuff in-house or is it when it comes to a new install, obviously you have you know, outside electricians and uh, how do you do it? You know, do you get like a box of donuts and, the, and a box of Joe and, and go and say, look, I bought you guys coffee. Come on. There you go, Dunkin' Donuts. So basically, it's I think it's pretty much the same in most of our a lot of our institutions where you have facilities or you have in-house electricians and you put in your work orders and and they come out and they take care of all the the pre-installation stuff before an integrator comes in and needs to do whatever specialized installation and equipment and running lines that they need to. Um, so we have a, a pretty good relationship with facilities. But, you know, you know, there's times where um, you just have to go with their timeline because you're sort of bound 
by, you know, what other projects and stuff that they're being allocated to do. So, you know, you work your best as you can with them because, you know, everybody's got to work together. You can't have anything without power. So, you know, you better play nicely. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that what sort of uh, caught me about this, this article is the whole legislation and the need um, for organizations to sort of set up standards and make sure that people are sort of playing by the rules. I mean, I, I can't speak for why it would take five journeymen for, you know, one unskilled, you know, um, uh, worker. I don't know where that's coming from, but the good thing is, is that they caught that and uh, or made people aware of this is how things are going to be. So, you know, Ernie, you're working on CTS questions and standards for the exam. You know, these kinds of things are good so that people know across the board what's being expected, what works, what isn't work, what's suspect, what's not, that kind of thing. So I find the whole, the whole legal part of this article was very interesting. Yeah, the, from the standpoint of the standards and practices, and once again, Ernie knows more about, Ernie knows, knows uh, so much about, stand, about the uh, standards practices as well as test, uh, the, uh, test, the uh, test questions, which you know, uh, I may or may not try to bribe him with, uh, um, with uh, my various means and ways later on. I'm sorry. Did I, I signed an NDA uh, yesterday, so. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally, one, that is one of those things that everyone goes, oh, yeah, an NDA, whatever. And then you actually look into the actual fine details of what can be done to you afterwards. You're like, oh, this is worse than jail. Yes. Uh, mostly because it's bankruptcy. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, um, the – as I say, our next uh, our next article comes up to us uh, via AV Network. Um, this is a quick article. Uh, it's about the fact that uh, hackers broke into an admissions database and then actually offered to sell the school back their their uh, admissions files. Now, if you look at the original uh, the original uh, article and everything, uh, it says that they got in via Slate. Um, but there's actually a second link article in there from uh, uh, the Chronicle of Higher Ed, Higher Ed, and it's actually they hacked in. Uh, they actually hacked into the system, uh, the actual network of the school, and then from there they actually used the regular logins to actually get all the information from Slate. So it's it's kind of true, but not really. Um, but you know, it, it really must have gone nowhere because the original hackers said, "Oh." We're going to, you know, you can buy this back for one Bitcoin, which, you know, if you're going to go into cryptocurrency uh, and believing at the time that this whole thing went down, it's probably around, it's around like $4,000. Nobody said anything. And they said, okay, fine. Um, uh, 60 bucks. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's one of those things of, of, yes, yes, I've got it. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to do some things to it. Okay. Okay, sixty bucks. Okay, how about a sandwich? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things where it just kind of comes back to security and AV. Um, now, this is something I actually do want to ask all of you guys. We have uh, as a stand as a uh, a standing mandate, um, we have a set password for our AV equipment and everything. Now, granted, it's kept on a separate VLAN, so there is some kind of gapping there to begin with. But we do tell all our integrators as a standard policy, here's our password and login for these devices. We do not want anything installed on campus in which 
the login is, you know, admin, admin, because, you know, that's the, the de facto for everything. So I'm kind of curious, do you guys have, you know, either, uh, you know, before you install, before, you know, pre-install uh, security requirements, or do you guys just simply go and say, all right, thanks. And then the moment the, the folks leave the room, you go and, and uh, uh, change everything over. Well, we do most of our own installs, so uh, therefore we set the passwords. But yes, we do have a procedure in place where if we are bringing a contractor in, we, first of all, uh, we separate the hardware from the install. So we'll buy all the hardware, hand it to an integrator. Mm -hmm. This is what we want installed. Here are all the rules. Here's a, a standard program that we would like you to modify as minimally as possible and make it work the system so it matches everything else we've got. Mm -hmm. These are the passwords, you know, these are the Kodak passwords. These are all the passwords for each different device that we mm -hmm. expect on there. Um, and then we do have a procedure where we go through and update most of these passwords on a regular basis. Yeah, I, we, we go along the method of uh, trust but verify. Um, it's not that we don't like folks, it's just more along the lines of, of yeah, listen, they put it in. Okay. We, we also have, and I'll say this up front, our, our computer science folks at times can be very malicious. In fact, uh, one of our, our comp sci kids uh, figured out how to put in a, a, a little bit of uh, malicious malware uh, because, once again, our computer science department said, oh, you know what, we're going to build our own, uh, our own uh, uh, desktop image. And the computer science kiddos figured out an exploit. And next thing you know, we actually have had to remove all the PCs from a computer lab because of this. Yeah. So once again, it's not that we don't trust folks, but you know, kids can be, as I say, students can be jerks. Uh, Mr. Tyner, Mr. Raspberry, you, uh, as I say, following the same suite, I'm guessing? Um, pretty much, you know, when an integrator comes in and needs to access a codec, usually, you know, we let them in. And then uh, on a new install, they may have a standard you know, a uh, set of a password that they do for a controller or switcher or whatever. And then, but, and once the install's done, we go back and change the passwords to what we want. Now, um, do you password encrypt the serial port? Ooh. Huh. <laughs> okay. Can't, well, can't have everything. So. No, no. I, um, but I, I think, you know, your position of trust and verify is, 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 is in place. And especially if they have to do an upgrade or do a revision or, or something like that. I would like to be get to Ernie's point soon where you know we're doing all our installs and doing that kind of thing where we can more control that kind of situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, password changes, updates, that kind of thing are all in place. We have one other uh, safeguard in that if an integrator does come in, they have to sign the security uh, contracts for the campus mm. explaining that any breach is a HIPAA violation. Right. So that makes it, a minimum five-figure penalty and probably jail time. So, okay, that's, uh, and, that's they're, and they're held responsible. So, I don't think as I say, I don't think I don't think we can do that with our nursing with our nursing department. Huh. Oh well, Mr. Tyner, <laughs> Scott's just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd hit the right button there. Uh, yeah, we do very similar things. We actually tend not to share our passwords uh, with anybody if we need to have somebody take a look at it, we'll, we'll change the password and give it to them and then, and then put it back to something different just for that extra layer of protection. Uh, when, this, when this story kind of broke last week about Slate, the thing that was most interesting to me and I think is, uh, is the lesson we can all get from it is that 
hackers do look at educational institutions and think about how can I get money from them. Uh, we get, I'm sure that you guys get, oh, two or three spam messages a week that kind of are supposedly from the president or from the uh, provost asking people to do things. Uh, and this just shows they, as, as you said, Bill, there was apparently no value in this. I actually think there's no value in what they did because they did it too late. I really think if they, if they did this in a September and said, hmm, what does the school really think of somebody like you? <laughs> I, I, and, and we saw from other recent news that people probably would pay uh, for something like that to help their kids get into college. Uh, but it, the, the piece there is they do care and they are watching and they are trying to get uh, to us. Um, so you have to, you have to be aware of that. Yeah. The, it, it is one of those things where it's, it's just a security thing. It, well, for for us, it's it's looking at how we integrate out the how we layer out the security. Obviously, since most of our stuff rides over the network, and especially if you're getting more uh, IP intensive with, like, say, you're using uh, like Crestron's NVX NVX line of uh, line of products, or you're going Aurora or any of the SDVOE stuff, um, you know, you have to keep a, you have to keep an eye on all those things, um, but. It's just a matter of kind of just installing basic strong password pa accesses and things like that. Um, you know, the, the, only, the only goof I can ever think is, you know, if we have to do some quick configuration before the stuff ever comes on site, uh, you know, I just always have the guys do uh, what I like to call the, uh, the Spaceballs password, uh, which, you know, most uh, manufacturers uh, initially will go and say, okay, uh, the only one that's actually ever rejected that was Cisco because it's, uh, oh, that's too weak of a password. I'm like, well, Anyway, but um, uh, so last but not least, uh, the last article comes to us uh, from AV Magazine, and uh, this one covers how uh, Lone Star College in Texas uh, upgraded a hundred classrooms across ten campuses in just twenty days. Now, once again, that's one of those, you know, how do they do all this? Well, if you read through with the article and everything, um, the integrator and the manufacturer both kind of work together and they they made essentially like kind of a plug and play kind of just drop in system um you know is it is it the best no is it functional oh yeah um you know if you look at the equipment that the equipment list of these things it's you know it's pre-molded cabling um it's you know a very quick one gang uh, uh touch uh, well as i say i'm gonna call it a touch panel it's a one gang uh control surface and everything and, um, you know, there's an occupancy sensor, I believe, in most of these, and a projector and some, you know, ceiling, ceiling speakers. And it's meant for just literally a laptop and a PC, which, you know, if you're, if you're streamlining everything down to that level, it, it makes sense. Um, you know, once again, we're looking at things where certain manufacturers are switching over from uh, just, you know, case in point, one of the things we use quite a bit around here are document cameras. Um, they've been switching over from, you know, you can get dock cameras that are considered a source, but most of the, most of the higher, most of the newer generation stuff is now viewed more as a USB peripheral. So we are kind of slimming down certain things in the classroom. God help us. Uh, at least a good number of years ago, there would be, uh, the VCR DVD combo. There would be the dock cam. There would be the computer. There would be the laptop. And then there'd be the mysterious aux input that we'd all look and go and say, what are we going to use this for? I don't know. But, you know, things do kind of slim down. And I, I think as certain classrooms 
progress or as certain teaching styles get going, um, you know, there, there might end up being more where it's, you know, oh, look, here's the classroom. Oh, what's in it? Uh, a solstice pod or a wireless collaboration uh, unit and everything. And the teacher is just running everything off an iPad. Um, you know, and can they do that now? Yeah, of course. Um, it's, it's really a matter of what the faculty is, is comfortable with. Uh, you know, uh, God, as I say, the other, the other part that we all know is there are some that will do death by PowerPoint. There will be some that will do, that will actually want to go and say, you know what, I want to actually do a distance lecture series and I want to, you know, I want to, I want a Zoom room. Okay. Uh, can this room, this room do a Zoom room? No. But, you know, it's, it's what, it's the, it's one of those ones where we have the, this is nice to have versus this is must have. And, you know, Ernie, I, I know of all people, you definitely have, have, have gone through the, have gone through the realms of, it would be nice if we could do this is, this is a nice to have. And then there's the, no, this actually needs to function as this, especially in the fact that you have specialized medical, medical classrooms. Right. Uh, and we have done our own kind of version of this and that, uh, we're out refreshing uh, about 30 classrooms over the next few months, mm -hmm. and we we can do a refresh in a half day in these rooms uh, because we've done exactly that. We've bought, you know, just uh, pallets of the same component, mm -hmm. and we've, you know, my guys have gone through and they've they've built a couple test rooms and they got it down to a half day, uh, even with you know some. Uh, couple of hiccups in the system they're still able to get it done so now, uh, i'm gonna ask you ernie though with these rooms is it like multiple inputs or is it just literally like here's your laptop input and here's your pc you know uh it's a pc and a laptop we're doing the same thing you're doing document cameras it's now a peripheral mm -hmm. uh on the computer uh but these are the tricky part is these are dividable rooms so it's either uh two rooms or mm -hmm. one room with dual projection uh, and figuring out how to do all of that. We can do all that for, a, we can do a double room and a half day. Uh, just what we're throwing up, uh, you know, this is, now this is after our network engineer, or not our network engineer, our cable pull team has come through. We don't pull uh, structured <laughs> cable. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're having, part of the deal is we're going to have to recable these rooms anyway. They're, uh, old cat five and some of them are split pair network, mm. you know, uh, and it's just not, you know, it was one of the first room, first buildings that was networked on campus and they're having to redo it. We're, we're actually having to build a new network closet for the building. Uh, the building was built in the seventies. Uh, so the telecom room had enough room for all the telephone lines you needed for the building. Uh, oh God, I'm, I'm already thinking of the, the, the massive size of the punch down block in there, but yeah, that's, that's uh, besides the point there. Yeah, so we're building we're building a new a couple of new network closets in the building, mm -hmm. and we'll be when they get when they get the cabling run out, we can do all of our stuff. You know, mm -hmm. the in room wiring, you mm -hmm. know, between points, the point to points, mm -hmm. uh, replace the computer, uh, replace the projector, mm -hmm. hang a camera in the room, an occupancy sensor, a wall sensor to know if the walls open or closed, uh, and then uh, we're putting uh crestron multi-room processors in the network closet so they'll, they'll each handle 10 rooms oh, right. uh, so dang 
but uh, yeah, we we figured out it's, it's very similar to what uh, Lone Star was doing in that you know it's a package deal. There are no there are no options. This is what we're doing. But yeah, we the, since we manage the classrooms and they're mul they're used by multiple colleges. You know, mm -hmm. medicine in the morning, pharmacy around noon, nursing in the afternoon type deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so they they all have the same features, uh, and they know they know what to expect. And it, it goes down that, that realm of either we're creating tiered or standard, st like actual right. levels of it. It's, uh, you know, how, how fancy of a, how fancy of a Corolla do you need? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's where we are. Yeah. Um, as I say, Scott and, and Rob, it's, like I said, it's, it's getting down to the, literally we're, we're now making a standardization. It's, it is impressive that they did a hundred rooms in, in what, 20 days, I believe, uh, 10 days. Yeah. 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 I think it was, it, it was 20. Yeah. I think it was, uh, that that's actually very interesting, but we're doing a, a lot of the same thing that Ernie's doing as far as building, building a room, building a podium in, in our workshop, rolling it in in half a day. This article though really got me thinking about, um, what you're talking about, Bill, of we are kind of, uh, slimming down all of our classrooms, um, but the big one here for me is, is this that Amazon model that people have been kind of afraid of, of Amazon goes and builds this package and you kind of send it out to local vendors who are willing to go put it in. Uh, so again, one of, this is something to think about, to think about how it affects us, uh, how it affects the, the future and how it affects integrators. Well, that's where, uh, that's where I'm going to go. And, and I'll, I'll just keep it to this. Uh, I think that's when you're going to start getting really down, drilling down into how the user interface works out you know it's and and you know once again we have our we have our own in-house programmer and everything and we do try to actually have sessions with the faculty so we to we at least get that where it's like where it's we try to make it as intuitive as possible although i, I will say our statistics folks kind of tend to drive us nuts because they go and say well it says touch to begin and then i touch it that's an extra button push and over this and i'm like Yes, I get it. You're, you're over the course of the entire year. You've probably burned an extra two calories. Thank you. But I, I really do think it's going to push that like that. Once we kind of get down this, this slimming down, you're, you're going to see a lot more emphasis on uh, user design and, uh, you know, user interface as to how, you know, how folks actually either work with a touch panel, how they work with a control surface, whether it's a keypad, whether it's uh, hard buttons, software buttons, that kind of thing. I think that's, that's the next step where we're going to start going. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure all of our marketing folks are going to see all this and go and say, oh, we have to go and make it the school colors. And I'll go, that's not really, that's not really intuitive in colors. Especially for us, yeah. we're, we're orange and black. <laughs> and, and then I, I agree about interface, and that's one of, always been one of our um, arguments about doing stuff in-house. We understand it. Our customers understand it. But really, especially in higher ed right now, it comes down to money. And if you can put these, these rooms in, and they're putting standard interface, just a little different from what you've already always done. But if you can put these rooms in for a significantly less amount than we're putting them in for, yeah. even we have to really think about is is that – the right thing to do for our colleges. It, 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 it turns into the talk of, is it good enough? That's, that's what I think this kind of boils down into. Um, that might be something for a uh, later topic. Uh, we are, we are at the end of our time here. Uh, Rob, I do apologize. It's, as I say, we're, we're, we're just hitting the bumper here. Um, once again, gentlemen, where can we find all you fine folks at? Mr. Tyner. 
Uh, you can find me on, on LinkedIn or I'm always uh, hanging around out at Twitter at, at S. Tyner. Uh, Mr. Raspberry? Well, find me on uh, LinkedIn, Rob Raspberry. All right. And as always, Mr. Ba Mr. Bailey? I'm on LinkedIn. All right. There we go. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as on Twitter. Uh, as always, this is EdTech, a monthly higher ed tech podcast, part of AV Nation. Once again, this is EdTech.